Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. June Lee, Kevin Blackstone, David Dennis Jr., Mina Kimes. With winners and losers and Washingtons of the trade deadline. And remembering a voice, heart, and soul of our lives, Finn Scully. It's time for Around the Horn. A very pleasant good afternoon to you, wherever you may be. How the San Diego Padres celebrated getting Juan Soto. They swept the Rockies in a doubleheader, and Grisham walked off the nightcap. Here's the hall. Six players going back to Washington, including five prospects, four top 100 guys, one top 20, and the 2020 AL home run leader. But all this for, and it's been said how many times in the last week, a once-in-a-generation talent, Juan Soto. June Lee, around the horn to you. What just happened? How historically significant is it? And did the Padres just vault their way into World Series contention? This is one of the most monumental trades in baseball history. Probably the most monumental since Alex Rodriguez went from the Rangers to the Yankees. To put Juan Soto's career in context so far, there's been five players through their five, first 550 games that have hit 100 homers with an OBP of 420. It's Ted Williams, Frank Thomas, Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, and Juan Soto. And with the Padres right now, it's also not a situation where it's like the Los Angeles Angels where they only have a top-end heavy roster. They have Jay Cronenworth, who's been hitting really well right now. They have Jerkson Profar, who's had a great season as well. And then you have the big three with Juan Soto, Fernando Tatis, and Manny Machado at the heart of that lineup. This is a force to be reckoned with team. There are some concerns with the depth of the rotation and the bullpen moving forward, but this is an offense that's going to catapult itself into World Series contention immediately. Forced to be reckoned with, monumental move, maybe one of the most in the history of the sport. Let's bypass Washington for a second. Mina Kimes, join around the horn. I'm trying to think of a more dramatic term, galaxy exploding, world changing. <laughs> okay. uh, but the reality is it's impossible, to be, it's impossible to be hyperbolic when talking about this because this is historic. You know it's historic when you're talking about a player whose comps reach back into the 1920s and 1930s. The one who comes up most uh, is Ted Williams, who June mentioned, because they're both such incredibly selective sluggers. Uh, Soto actually has a higher walk rate than Ted Williams did. But yeah, I mean, this is just a bombshell trade. We can talk about the Nationals in a second. I think for the Padres, yes, they did give up a big haul, but you do this 10 times out of 10. They were already a good team without Fernando Tatis Jr., who's been injured, and Juan Soto. Now he joins forces with him and Manny Machado. Tony, apologies for the cross-sport cop, but that is James Wade Bosch territory. It is a super mm. team, and in my eyes, they are fully the favorites alongside the Dodgers to come out of the National League. Okay. Do we go to Washington now? No, let's just wait one more second, please, Mr. Blackstone. David Dennis Jr., 
Yeah, I think about 36 hours ago, you were talking Dodgers, Mets, Yankees, Braves, Astros as the World Series conversation, yeah. sort of front runners. Now those are five teams with a million butterflies because the Padres are oh, firmly in nice. that conversation. Uh, before we get to Soto, we got to talk about Hayter, who is, you know, going to win them some games as a closer in the playoffs. But Soto, I think actually as great as he's been, was having sort of a down season. Uh, OPS, 158 down from 186 in 2021. I think sort of that trade contract talk was a little distracting. I think his smooth sailing is going to be even better with the Padres uh, and not just this season, for the next couple of seasons going forward, this is a staple in the World Series conversation. All right, Kevin Blackestone. This is, you know, we are among friends here, of course, and this is a safe space <laughs> with all of our sure. viewers as well. Of course. Uh, come on now. I mean, how can they let this happen? You can't be posting goodbyes, by the way, to a guy you just sent packing if you're the Washington Nationals. How do you even begin to make sense of this? I don't know, but if the James Webb telescope were to turn around in orbit and focus on my house, it probably would have seen the explosion <laughs> of a new galaxy uh, in Washington, D.C. Right? You can't this make is this the most trade. Outrageous. Not with years left. You can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do this with someone called a generational player. You cannot do this with the return that you got, which was basically a couple of 200 hitters, a guy on the, on the DL, um, a couple of minor leaguers. Uh, stop. Um, this team was already built. People have to understand something about what just happened in Washington, D.C. This is not just about Juan Soto. It's also about Trey Turner. It's also about Anthony Rendon. Okay. It's also yeah. about Bryce Harper, even though he was not here for the championship team. It's the questions that came up about the learners who were the owners of this team and why they no longer wanted to play ball. You are witnessing right now, the Washington Post pointed this out a month or so ago, the greatest teardown of a World Series team maybe in the history of baseball. Like, it's happening that fast. You can go back more just a little over a year and a half ago and watch it start to fall apart. So for me, I'm not speaking as a journalist right now, but as a season ticket holder, I'm wounded. I'm mad. I'm so angry. I probably will not spend those turnstiles again until this ownership group is done wow. and until okay. the new ownership group comes in and proves to me that they are going to pay to play the game. Prospects, I get the hugging of prospects. All right, one in the top 20, four in the top 100. Maybe they could get to a level that is that level, right? One of the 100 best players in Major League Baseball. Where is maybe Soto? They, Where is Soto right now, Kevin? Maybe Lester. they – right, Soto was a prospect. Trey Turner, when they traded for him, was a prospect. They drafted Rendon. He was a prospect. Bryce Harper was a teenage prospect. And what did they do with them? They let them all go. Well, they did go. get to a world, so, one, win a World Series with some of those they guys did, before that. They so got to the World Series. Despite his age so what, at 23, is a World Series of winner. Of course. So but can the team celebrate that. him? Can they say forever to a guy who they just sent packing, Kevin? They could if he had been here maybe a decade, not for a guy who's been here just five years. David, you you're, you're shaking your head off. An absolute insult. No, I... I, you got to feel bad for the social media manager whose job was to spin this <laughs> okay, podcast. Yeah. But 
23 years old is about as far away from forever as you could possibly get. Like, is it saying forever until we replace him? Forever until we win a World forever. Series? Something. But you do not send that message you know, you, out. You gave us, you're very smooth giving us the intersport, you know, reference there with the heat when they came together. But, well, let's talk about the biggest trade in the NFL's history, right? The Herschel Walker trade. Walker. And in that case, football is very different. The prospects turned out to be better and the win was yeah. completely Dallas, who got the haul. Is there any way you could see a bright side of this for Washington? I think there is. I think, uh, KB, I, I feel your emotion, and I'm not uh, on the other side of this trade, but I do think, you know, this was a pretty decent haul. We're talking about a potential starter, Mackenzie Gorg, uh, a group of very good position players. Potential. I'm particularly intrigued by James Wood, who's six foot seven. They're talking about him as the left handed Aaron Intriguing. Judge. We'll see if that pans out. But, yeah, it's the bird in hand with Soto, right? I mean, this is a terrible baseball team with a terrible farm system. Clearly, they were burned, especially by Bryce Harper, I would say, of the players you mentioned, and they didn't want that to happen again. But because Soto was so young and his timeline is so long, one thinks they could have still attempted to rebuild while holding on to him. All right, June Lee, you are our, our our baseball reporter here. Winners and losers of the deadline. I put the Yankees as one of the winners just because I think that they filled in a bunch of their holes between trading for Andy Benintendi and Frankie Montas and Harrison Mm. Bader yesterday, giving up uh, Jordan Montgomery in return. I do think one of the biggest losers of this, and I think this ties into the larger Juan Soto discussion, is the Boston Red Sox, where they've now angered Xander Bogarts over the course of the last couple of weeks and months, just given their contract extension talks. And he was mad that the team traded Christian Vasquez because he wants to go for the playoffs now. And this ties into the larger discussion that the Red Sox have had, and I think ties into Juan Soto, where they traded Mookie Betts. And so there's this now culture that's ingratiated within the Red Sox clubhouse where even if you're Xander Bogarts, even if you're Mookie Betts, you're not going for the playoffs. You're not going for it all when you have two of the best players in the sport, when you've developed as you know two of the best prospects in the sport into superstars. It's a really, really bad tone to set for the entire organization. Nina, any winner or loser? I'm going to go with the Orioles. Look, normally I like it when teams are self-aware and make hard decisions, but this decision was too hard. They were the best story in baseball, and Trey Mancini, whom they trade, I should have said at the top, uh, well, he was one of the best stories in all of sports, overcoming cancer there, a hero for Baltimore. To trade him while you're still in contention, it just doesn't sit right with me. And Kevin, can you think of any losers? All right, I kid, I kid. I uh, <laughs> appreciate you being here for us. Taking a break by herself on the other side. Time for Dodger baseball. Fernando Valenzuela has pitched a no-hitter. If you have a sombrero, throw it to the sky. Montana looking, looking, throwing in the end zone. Little roller up along first, behind the bag, it gets through Buckner. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want. 
It's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Welcome back to Around the Horn, coming to you from the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. Unprecedented tampering in scope and severity. That sounds like something. NFL stripping the Miami Dolphins of their first-round pick next year, fining Owner Stephen Ross, $1.5 million for tampering with Tom Brady and Sean Payton. The Brady tampering spanned multiple years and multiple teams that Brady had played on. And now Miami currently have neither Tom Brady nor Sean Payton nor their first-round pick, Mina Kimes. Does the punishment fit the crime? Is it as bad as it sounds? Should fans care? Well, on the tampering front, this is a pretty significant punishment. Uh, This is a story that has been quietly under the radar despite the massive implications. For the NFL to hit him with a small fine suspension, that's one thing. But to take away a first and third rounder that are worth many times that fine, by the way, that has to be terrifying to owners. That said, I do think he got off easy on the other charge, which was tanking. So, as you remember, Stephen Ross, the owner, was accused by Brian Flores, the former head coach, of basically telling him to lose. The NFL exonerated him on this count, but in their statement, they also said Stephen Ross told people, not just Brian Flores, eh, prioritize the draft over your win and loss record. Tony, I'm sorry. How is it possible to interpret that any other way than don't try to win games? So I do think he got off on that account, and I don't think Brian Flores was proved wrong by any stretch. David Dennis Jr. Yeah, I agree. This story to me is about Brian Flores. And I think about punishments and why you punish somebody. It's about making things right with an aggrieved party. And the person that the Dolphins who have aggrieved the most is Brian Flores. But when he, you know, put his allegations forward, the NFL responded by saying that they were going to defend against his claims. So it should be no surprise they found the Dolphins guilty of everything under the sun except for what Brian Flores told, you know, said happened and saying that it was a joke. And so they, you're you know, them interpreting mixed it that messaging way. here again from the NFL. It's not I mixed say again it's, because that was something a panelist had said just two days ago with the Deshaun Watson ruling, but then the suspension being what it was, six games. Go ahead, David. I Sorry, I interrupted you. Yeah, no, I mean, it's not a mixed message. The message is clear that the NFL is defending its own interests, and they are, a, once again, a bad faith operator in an investigation where they're supposed to be. KB, do you see this as bad faith operation? Do you see the story being about the tanking claim, or do you see it about the tampering? Um, I see it about the tampering claim, right? Uh, that's the ruling that apparently was made. But I'm like, David, I can, I'm, I'm hard-pressed to not focus on Brian Flores. To me, that's the, the big story, and that's not really um, addressed here. And as far as the penalty, the draft, the draft picks, those are big. $1.5 million for a billionaire. Once again, that seems like pennies. And what is a six-game suspension for an owner when he's still making money from the ticket profits, from you know the, the, the merchandising, from the food? I mean, what does that actually mean for an owner? And I think on top of that, too, 
the tanking charge is an enormous charge. This is about the competitive integrity of the entire sport, especially at a time when gambling is getting closer and closer to the league. You don't want to have questions around the competitive integrity and whether or not these wins and losses are for real or not. And on top of all of that, when you have all those claims potentially around tanking and you're enabling them by not punishing them, that's not a good look for the culture of the entire sport from a front well, I say again then, if, if you're an NFL fan and the last four days has showed us that, all right, Deshaun Watson had 24 civil suits against him and they looked into it and looked at four of those 24 and determined six-game suspension. Now they look at this tampering and say six-game suspension for the owner, okay? And they also make an exoneration of a team for tanking while saying everything that you just said, Mina, that it really looked like they were tanking. How should a fan receive that? Well, you know, I think as far as the suspension goes, owner, suspensions for owners really aren't one for one with players. Uh, as June says, it doesn't really mean a lot. The picks, I think, was the bigger, more significant suspension or punishment, rather, and it, and it was pretty sizable. But clearing him of tanking, you know, Stephen Ross himself came out with a statement where he basically said, I'm exonerated. I, again, no, you weren't, based on the NFL statement when it came to Brian Flores' allegations. And I think as a fan, that's where I would be suspicious of what happened. Thanks for your thoughts on this. Second show this week, where you're all getting a quarter of a win. No showdown today, but thank you for your time, Mina, David, Kevin Blackstone, Julie. Coming up, we'll bring in a voice, Bill Flashy, and honor the life of Vince Goy. And the wolf attacks him, has knocked him down on his chest, just about ready to devour him. And whenever the Washington Senators came to New York to play the Yankees, would you believe they brought their own dirt? Had kids would say, do you have Albert in a can? And the guy say, yes, I do. And we'd say, would you please let him out? And we'd hang up. We've lost a nickel. And we thought it was hysterical. Just think about how tough that rabbit was. First it gets eaten by a snake. Then the snake gets chopped to pieces. Then it gets picked up by people and lives. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. The remembrances pouring in today. Each and every one, a story about a story, and they're all wonderful. When someone touches as many as Vince Scully did, eight decades on the airwaves, starting at WFUV in New York and Fordham University, the Brooklyn Dodgers, L.A. Dodgers, and it wasn't just baseball, but man, it was baseball. A voice that touched our ears, a humanity that touched our hearts. And when it happens like that, it stays with you forever. 
Proof of that is how in the tributes today everyone is feeling they had a personal relationship with Vin, and that is a miracle of a life well lived in 94 years. We welcome in our Bill Plaschke here, Los Angeles Times. Bill, wonderful column today. I can't imagine any figure loom larger in your professional life or had more depth in person than Vin Scully. Where are your thoughts right now? Yeah, he was the soundtrack of my summer. He was the the most trusted figure in our city. He was always there. He was. People would fly back to L.A., to LAX, get in the car, turn on the radio, and if they heard Vin, they knew they were home. He was the sound of home. And all I can think of today is, after writing my column yesterday, is that he would, I miss his phone call. He would call me after everything I wrote about him for 40 years. He would call me the next morning, invariably, and say, Bill, this is Vin Scully. I said, you don't need to say who it is, Vin. I can tell by the way you say Bill, I know who, who, by your voice. And he would say, I'm honored and humbled and don't deserve the praise you've given me. And it's off the record, but thank you very much. And he would do that. This is the most humble man, uh, he, unassuming man. I begged him to write a book. He never wrote a book because he didn't think he was that important. I begged him to come back and talk and do a World Series inning or two after he retired. Wouldn't do it, thought he would get in the way. He, his final home game at Dodger Stadium, think about this, he ended it not with a broadcast, he ended it with a song. He, he videotaped himself singing Wind Beneath My Wings to the fans for carrying him all these years. And that's the only time he did anything wrong because Vin was the one who carried us. A legacy is not just what you do or what you say, it's what you leave behind. And for Vin... That is the story, right? The greatest storyteller maybe in the history of the medium, Bill Plaschke. Is there one story that you think of when you think of Vince Scully? Well, for one thing, his stories, he's the only announcer in history that will ever be on baseball where you cheer for foul balls. The reason you cheer for foul balls is you want him to keep his story going. He starts a story in the middle of, a, of an at-bat. <laughs> keep fouling the ball off. Keep, keep on the field. Keep the story going. I'll never forget, there was an outfielder in Arizona, Socrates Brito. You can guess what Vin talked about the entire time Socrates <laughs> Brito was on the field. He gave the history of Socrates. Uh. He was, he was, you know, but it's so funny, Tony, that his, his favorite play-by-play -play was back when he was younger. He would go into the backyard and his children would be swimming and he'd do play-by-play. -play. There is Catherine with the cannonball, with the can opener, swimming down the thing. His face, his, his, the only radio he listened to was show tunes. He'd drive to work listening to Oklahoma Music Man. Mm -hmm. the, 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 the only, he's the only announcer ever to have a bobblehead night that not once during the broadcast did he announce it was his bobblehead night. He was that unassuming, that humble. The connection he had with all sports fans, but of course with sports fans in Los Angeles. Uh, there's the wonderful saying from Maya Angelou, people may forget what you do. They may forget what you say, and I think people will remember a lot of what Vin said, but they'll never forget how you make them feel. And Vin Scully made people feel. How is Los Angeles dealing with this? Well, Los Angeles is heartbroken. Los Angeles is just, you know, thinking back to all the memories and all the great times, and Los Angeles feels like we feel like there's a huge silence here today. There's a huge void on our landscape. I mean, again, he was the sound. He was the soundtrack of our lives. 
and that's been silenced. But, you know, it'll never be silenced. His voice will live forever. That's what Vince would say, that he would, he would take you all into his, his arms and say, you'll always hear the voice, you'll always know the stories. There will never be another Vince Scully, Bill Plaschke. I think you'd be uh, equal to say, we lost our only one. And I mentioned the personal relationships we all felt we had. You know, I went to Fordham, like Vin, seven decades earlier. Our radio station, WFUV, which has turned out so many voices, it started with Vin Scully. And he gave back so much. And one thing he did, he gave the commencement speech at my graduation, which is an amazing thing for me as an aspiring sportscaster. And he said, life often gives you the lesson long after it gives you the test. The test comes first. And for me, that prepared me for life in a way that, you know, you can't control Everything. Things are out of your control. This was a, a sportscaster, my, my, uh, an icon, telling me something that now I live with every day. So we would like to say may your eternal soul rest and Vince Scully, the one and only, can take us out in his own words. But I know in my heart that I've always needed you more than you've ever needed me. And I'll miss our time together more than I can say. But you know what? There will be a new day and eventually a new year. And when the upcoming winter gives way to spring, oh, rest assured, once again, it will be time for Dodger baseball.